number one Christian radio in Scotland. Heart Song Live. Heart Song Live.
Hello and welcome back to another episode of Uncut with Kirsty. We're very excited this evening as today for the first time we have two very special guests. You guys want to say hi? Oi, oi, lads. Oi, oi, oi. <laughs> so we have Emmanuel Core and Gloria Alpha. So do you guys want to tell them where you're from? Emmanuel, you can go first. Oh, you just pause us. there, just pause there. Okay. <laughs> Emmanuel, go first. Okay, so I'm originally from London, stayed up until six years old when I moved to Wales, spent pretty much like half my life right there. Then I went to Coventry for uni and now I'm here. Gonna spend the rest of my life here. Edinburgh. And Edinburgh. how how was Coventry? Because I thought it was very posh until I spoke to Emmanuel. He was saying it's no it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. I mean, it just, it depends on who you associate yourself with, what your mindset is when you get in there and like what you want to get out of it mostly. I know mm -hmm. a lot of guys who come in there just to seek fun, trying to get out of uni, trying to do all these things, but in actuality, just, it's all, it's all, you, it's all what you want to get out of it. Yeah. It's really. Oh, interesting. And how about you, Gloria? Where are you from? <laughs> I'm ethnically Nigerian, mm -hmm. but I was born in the States. Then when I was six or seven, I moved to the UK. Mm. I was in England for about, eight nine years mm -hmm. they moved here like five years ago and how how is it like living in the states louisiana louisiana i was born in florida yeah when i was two i moved to louisiana so all my memories are in louisiana mm -hmm. and i i loved it there and Total is there sunshine. anything yeah and is there anything that you miss about the states the apart food. from the sunshine yeah <laughs> the food and the sun mm -hmm. and are you studying at all yeah, I study pediatric nursing. Oh, awesome. And what's what's your dream job? Dream job? Mm -hmm. mm. Put on a spot right there, didn't Honestly. You? <laughs> yes. uh, mm. It's hard. Could you, you that only, is a hard question. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say to be an A&P. A&P. Yeah. And for those who don't know an A&P. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Advanced Nurse Practitioner. Oh, okay. Practitioner, Amazing. And would you like to practice in the UK or would you practice back in America? Mm. I would like to practice in Canada, but we'll just see what the Lord has for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Amazing. And how about you, Emmanuel? What's your dream job? So my dream job right now is to be a security consultant. Mm -hmm. But what I want to do is move back to Ivory Coast just to brighten up, make the place a lot better than what it is now, you know, mm -hmm. actually take from this system and implement whatever I can back in Ivory Coast, trying to make it better for the youth over there, especially. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. So what language did you speak in Ivory Coast? French. French. Can you give us some bonjour? Uh, All right, let's not, let's not, <laughs> let's not do that yet. Je m'appelle, comme c'est comme ça. Bonjour, tout uh -huh. le monde, je m'appelle Emmanuel, et maintenant je parle avec Gusty et Gloria. Wow, that sounded so sexy, I love it. All right. <laughs> Let's behave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So today we're going to be discussing what it's like being a young person living in a sexualized society. So the other week I went out to dinner at, at TGA Friday, TGI Friday, sorry, mm -hmm. with Emmanuel and Gloria, and we yeah. came up with this topic because it's such a, you know, a lot of young people can relate with this topic. Yeah. Um. So we kind of want to start off like from a young age, growing up in the UK. How was it like for you guys? Did you, like, how were you, your eyes open to sexuality or mm. through the media or through music or mm. through your friends? How did it all start for you guys? Right. Gloria, do you want to start or should I go for it? Um, I can start. Go for it, lads. Um, I think for me, do you want, like, an age when I, do you think I was first introduced to sex? Yeah, if you want to, go for it. Uh, oh, I think definitely, like, 
quite early, like eight or nine, I think, um, mostly through music. I think a lot of um, growing up, I really liked R&B and things like that. And a lot of Afrobeat songs are quite sexualized. So I didn't actually understand what they were talking about until like a couple of years later, I started watching different movies. Mm -hmm. And obviously sex scenes and movies are quite prominent now. And yeah. they were back then. Mm. So I think that's when I started seeing it. Mm -hmm. How about yeah. you, Emmanuel? Yeah, so for me, I'm really going to have to open up about this one. At the age of 11 is when I got really exposed to porn pornography. And at that moment, it just changed everything. Because like, to go from seeing things differently from a different perspective to having it completely changed by it, and then seeing girls in my age like in a different way, it's just completely... And also, as you mentioned before, there's music, there's movies and such and such that play like a massive role in it. And I remember those times when I would just sit there, probably with my cousin, and there'll be a sex scene, I'll come up and like a movie or something. And I would literally have to be told to put my hands <laughs> over my eyes <laughs> to protect myself yeah. from viewing it. And mm -hmm. I remember there'll be a point where I'll just accidentally slip like one of my fingers down right and just view it. And, I'll, and because of that exposure to porn at such mm -hmm. an early age, it just meant that I just didn't see it. I was just like, so what? Like, and for me, I didn't feel like there was a reason to see it. I, mm -hmm. I don't, yeah. Yeah, and did you feel like there was anything wrong with watching porn at a young age because you thought, okay, all my friends are doing it, it's okay, it's normal? Mm. Or growing up in a Christian household, did you feel like, actually, this is not right? I knew it was just weird when I started. Like, when I first watched it, I knew I should just... It was like this inner feeling that I just shouldn't have watched it. Like, mm -hmm. it was just something that should have been safe for years or just not have watched in general. Like inner conviction. Inner, yeah, conviction, mm. right? Just not to have viewed this at such an early age and this feeling of just having everything changed and not being able to go back. Because it really is it really is a continuous thing in your mind where you just it just pops out of nowhere, these thoughts, these scenes and such. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I don't think I should have seen it at that age. And Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. How about like your families? Were they aware that you were watching porn, or were they very protected of you guys? Protective of you guys? Yeah. What was it like growing up in an African household? <laughs> um, I was. Uh, I, I had quite protective parents. I wouldn't say I had typical West African or Nigerian parents in terms of how strict they were. They were strict, but not to that extent. But um, in terms of porn and things like that, um, when I was young, it was very much a thing of my mom went above and beyond to be like, you see anything like that, don't watch it, always look away. So I don't think I've ever, in my life at that young, I've ever like sat down and actually looked at porn or were curious about it. I was quite, I was almost like terrified of it. Mm. <laughs> Anytime like a slight promiscuous scene come out, I'll instantly run out the room. Oh, really? Just, yeah, mm. I was that child. I never really had a desire or curiosity. Mm -hmm. I think that came a lot later, but I never like sat down and looked at porn. Yeah, mm. yeah. How about you, Emmanuel? Mm. For me, it was just a kind of don't watch it sort of yeah. thing. There was no actual like reason. For, or, of course, when you're a kid, you just have to shut up and listen, listen to your parents, follow it, mm -hmm. and such. And just there are times when you can question, but there are times where you just need to just shut up and listen. But mm -hmm. for me, at that age, I was like a kind of warning for a reason because I viewed it even before they even talked about it. Yeah. So when they did talk about it, I was like, okay, so that's what it was I was actually watching. Mm -hmm. So it came up. So the discussion of, okay, don't do this, there's certain things you can't watch, there's certain things, it was just more of, why can't I do it? I always felt this kind of sense of fear for asking, mm -hmm. like, what, like, you know, why is there this difference between, like, men mm -hmm. and women? Why is it that, you know, I can't do this before, this and that, or that, this, and, yeah. Awesome. And did you guys get the sex talk? 
Oh boy. Um, I don't remember a time when I was actually sat down and my parents actually discussed with okay, this is what it is, what you do. I mean, I maybe to an extent, but mainly from a Christian standpoint, mm-hmm. I think um maybe when I was in like in my early teens, I had the conversation with my parents, but it wasn't more about what sex was. It was more like um how certain guys would view me, mm-hmm. how what they would want from me, mm-hmm. like what to look out for, what to stay away from. Mm-hmm. I kind of got the whole, I think it's different for women. I got the whole like men might only want one thing kind of talk. Mm-hmm. And um Ooh. yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, your parents were good. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had that quite early right. on. Like men only want one thing from you. Um they might mm-hmm. look at your body in a certain way. Here's how to detect that and yeah. how to stay away from that and things like that. So I kind of just came I kind of got the whole no sex before marriage talk, but more in detail. Mm-hmm. I didn't really have a whole discussion. This is what sex is, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And do you, do you feel like you took that com- to it? Sorry, <laughs> guys, I'm recovering from a lost voice. <laughs> <laughs> do you feel like you took that on board um, at a young age, or did you want to rebel? No, mm-hmm. um, not really. Um, I think it definitely helped me out in terms of my approach, to, like relationships and dating and stuff. I kind of because I'm very thankful that they spoke to me because I can kind of see the signs when guys may only want something physical from me mm-hmm. instead of emotional or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. On the topic of like, uh, what's it called? This feeling of rebellion and such and mm-hmm. such. For me, I just didn't really care. I think it was this one comedy special when a guy was just talking about how like children will react to like parents' disapproval. So a father will tell his daughter, I'm disappointed in you. And she'd be like, oh, don't be that daddy and such and such. Like, <laughs> Whereas me, I'll just be like, so what? You should have seen what I've done like five minutes ago. <laughs> like, yeah. But yeah, so as far as, you know, how I reacted to it, it was just more of not, <laughs> I don't know. I saw it as a problem. I knew that I should have done it. Obviously, they kind of provided their somewhat, their reasoning for it. But for me, it just didn't resonate as mo- as well. Just mm-hmm. hearing it, but then going over and doing it in secret. Because mm-hmm. I know that being in the comfort of my room and just not having my parents just, constantly bothering me and just having that isolation just meant that I was just distanced Mm -hmm. from that wisdom from all that you know from the pressure and just being able to be in that space and do it and yeah Mm -hmm. I think that's what facilitated it and just because I knew and it's my kind of visualized you know being watched by the Lord and having him constantly monitor it is where it just I was like okay wait I shouldn't really be doing this Mm -hmm. and such but yeah yeah it's not easy and how about like in school, did you guys get the sex education? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the banana and the condom. Banana and the condom. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. No, it was it was very I think the way schools teach sex, I mean I'm only I'm talking from going to a secular school. I never went to a Catholic high school or mm-hmm. religious high school or anything like that. But um I didn't like the way they taught sex to us as students at that age because i feel like it was very they taught us a very different lesson for girls than for boys i feel like the guys in my year their talk about sex was more about oh if you have these urges you fulfill them they taught them about masturbation they told them it was okay to watch porn Mm -hmm. they said like um they kind of get opened up space for them for for them to openly talk about their sexual desires and basically say that's okay but i feel like they had a very different tone for the girls it was more like okay this is how you understand your body men might only want this from you this is how to avoid getting pregnant this is how pregnancy can ruin your life <laughs> yeah it was um it was just more about that and mm. that's not to say that um we should be enforcing 
or we should be enforcing um, women to openly express themselves sexually mm -hmm. or men as well. I just feel like they made it, they created an avenue for men to struggle with self-control in regards to sex later mm -hmm. on in life. And for it to be more normalized for women to be more disciplined in that. Mm. And obviously both those talks had nothing to do with Christ and were based on God. Yeah. That's a very true. Good point. That's a really good point. And like, as, as you mentioned before, there's always that distinction between like who's taught what and like the level of strictness and like the kind of discipline, disciplinary actions that each like group should take for us. It was just kind of allowing our weakness to be normalized for us to just be in a situation where it's like, okay, if you do decide to masturbate, it's fine. You know, it's a normal part of life. You know, you, should, you shouldn't feel like ashamed of yourself. But on the other hand, you just tell, you know, the girls in the group not to do it. Mm. To focus on that, like, doesn't mean how they feel, like, you know, just to be more restrictive on what they do and, like, set up these cages around them. Whereas that's just, like, an open, wide fence. Like, there is no... But on, a, on that topic, like, Gloria, do you think that pair, like, teachers should be responsible for teaching sex ed? Any type of, like, sexual life? I feel... I feel teachers should, I feel like in the education system, they should definitely teach children about their changing bodies and understanding mm -hmm. how different changes is normal mm -hmm. and that they will have these sexual desires. Mm -hmm. However, I do believe as a Christian that how to deal with sexual desires should be taught from a Christian standpoint. Mm. Obviously, people don't have the same belief system, so it is quite tricky. So do you believe in church? Should they have like a sex education? Hundred percent, like the Sunday school. Of course, oh, uh, definitely. Oh. Maybe not the eight, maybe not the six, seven, eight, nine year olds. <laughs> maybe like ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen plus. Hundred percent, because they need to. They'll probably be hearing something different from school, and mm -hmm. I think they really need to understand what Christ feels about it instead mm -hmm. of letting them. Because I feel like the church has done quite a bad job in teaching them about yeah. how to handle. Mm -hmm sex and sexual desires they just told them not to do it mm -hmm. even as adults as well yeah. even as adults yeah. exactly. you just say mm -hmm. not to do it and once you get to marriage it's fine mm -hmm. and i feel like you're not telling them how to handle it and if they have those lustful desires that's not just gonna go away once they get married mm -hmm. good point and i feel like their relationship with sex would they'll just see it as something they can get for themselves as something just to please their flesh mm -hmm. however that's not what sex is supposed to be in a marriage. You're supposed to come together and connect spiritually, emotionally, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. physically. Mm -hmm. It's not just what you can get with, with each other. You shouldn't be using your spouse to satisfy yourself physically or satisfy mm -hmm. your flesh. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Awesome. Preach it, Gloria. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good point as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're now going to listen to a song called Way Up by Kingdom Wave. Then join us back after that as we continue our conversation on... A young person living in a sexualized society. For the kingdom, it's like I'm running in a race, but it's already been won for me. Man, I just want to celebrate When there was 99, you found me 100 You know me better than I know myself When I'm running on empty I know that you got me, yeah Now we got the prices going way up, way up higher Only you're worthy It ain't about me, no Yeah, it's all about you I just want to get my hands higher Don't worry, 
I never used to wanna change my ways Until I see the way you have for me Cause ain't no other love compares to you Cause every time I'm falling, yeah, you pick me up And when I turn away, you still ain't giving up Ain't nobody love me not the way that you do That's why I'm giving everything I had to you Cause you know me better than I know myself Cause even when I'm running on empty I know that you got me, yeah with Kirsty on your number one inspirational radio station Heart Song Live Hello and welcome back to Uncut with Kirsty. We have Emmanuel Core in the studio and Gloria Alpha. How are you guys feeling? Oh, yo, that's not bad. It's not bad. Feeling good. Feeling good. Feeling good. So we're going to continue our conversation. So in terms of families, I know you guys both have loving families mm-hmm. and you know, if you look at the Bible, he knows how great it is to be part of a family and God wants us to love each other and walk in love. Yeah. And for you guys, like, how was it? Did you have both parents in your family? Do you feel like the relationship with your family or your mother or your dad had an influence on your, your relationships now? Mm-hmm. All right, so, yeah, great question. To touch on it briefly, okay. um, when I was young, I was just moving between, like, three different families, so... My auntie, my mum, and my dad, and it was like a, just transferring from like one belief, like one traditional, like you know, view of things from like different perspectives, such and such, to the point where it was just I had to figure out for myself after going through that how to live. My dad wasn't really in my life like that way, so a lot of the kind of the um, lessons I would have learned from him, I had to learn from you know other people, my cousin, my friends, like other such, other such and such, and because like. Because I feel as if I had to be like, I was a little delayed compared to the other boys who mm-hmm. did our families. But at the same time, there were, there were a lot of lessons that I learned that they hadn't, like, they hadn't, they didn't really need to learn at that age as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. How about you, Gloria? Um, I think I've been blessed to have like a, a two parent household. Um, yeah. Both my parents are have a very loving relationship, and I have 
I will have a great relationship with both of them. Mm-hmm. How about the roles within the family? You know, the Bible says that the men are the head of the household. Mm. Do you agree with that? They can. Mm-hmm. I do. Uh, I, I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. I used to, I struggle with that belief system. And mm-hmm. it actually kept me with my, at, at one point with true intimacy with God, because I was questioning why he would say that. And I think the term submission has been, I think it's been portrayed in a negative light in society now. Yeah. I mm-hmm. feel like um, it does say in the Bible, wives submit to your husbands and the husbands love your wife the way Christ loved the church. Mm-hmm. But it also says in that Bible, that same Bible that men and women are equal partners before God. Mm-hmm. So now that I have more of an understanding, I feel the Holy Spirit has helped me to understand that yes, the men are the head of the household. And I feel as a, as a woman, Wives, wives should submit to their husbands. They should let them take the lead in terms of leading the family. Mm-hmm. However, submission cannot work unless men themselves are submitted to Christ mm. and men love their wives with everything. Like Christ died for the church. You need to mm. love your wife to the point where you can actually die for your wife. Mm. Like that's the only way that works. When you take love out of the equation, then submission just becomes oppression mm-hmm. in the household. Good. Good point. Yeah, and as you mentioned before, there is this like negative connotation between like, but, like on the topic of submission, like one party is going to be submissive, the other party is going to be like overly domineering. You know, mm. no kind of one way, like two way conversation. Just this is how I, this is how I want things to be, and mm. that's how it's going to be. And yeah, it's it takes quite a lot, and I think this is what's kind of trumping a lot of guys right now. Just knowing what in, what dominance really means what it means to like be under a God, like just the thought of submitting is hard for a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. To pull away that ego and that pride and realize that to really live as like a Christian, to follow Christ, to serve under God, is to serve under mm-hmm. a God, not serve, not just be in this kind of, you know, partnership with him, it's mm-hmm. to serve under him, being arrested in his shadow yeah. and such. Yeah. And realizing that for the family, like he's the head, but the true head, like for both of you is God. Mm-hmm. so yeah. good so good and how about role models did you guys have any role models growing up was it celebrities was it family members oh. was it cousins friends or imaginary people yeah, i was searching <laughs> honestly it was hard like it was really hard to search for a good role model and like to have someone lasting to have someone like teach you actual mm. lessons and like values that are just based in truth based in like the biblical context right and not just like wildly things mm-hmm. especially when i look at youtube and i see like the kind of masculine community kind of portraying this kind of lifestyle of sleeping around women making all this money and not having anything you know it just lacks kind of it's just a moral like the, it's not the, real yeah it's yeah. not real mm-hmm. exactly it's nothing fulfilling nothing fulfilling exactly and i love it as well when i see men get emotional i'm like that for me is a true <laughs> man you know he's not hiding his feelings and mm. um, how about you gloria Children role models. Children mm. role models. Mm. Um, I definitely looked up to my older sister, my mom, mm. growing up. In terms of, uh, bless my mom. My mom, she, she can really show up emotionally for her kids. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I'm one of four, four. I'm one of four daughters. Yeah. So, um, my mom was able to like show up for us exactly how much we needed in different ways, like mm-hmm. emotionally. Like we never really felt like we were less seen and even we start to feel like that she always overcompensate and make us feel okay. So mm-hmm. I always looked up to her and how like the woman she is 
and she's oh she's such a strong woman mm-hmm. in Christ. So I if I admire to be like a wife Her. and a mother the way she is. Proverbs thirty one. Oh, definitely <laughs> Proverbs thirty one woman. She's definitely a Proverbs thirty one woman. Mm-hmm. And also my older sister. She is so kind and forgiving. And in terms of like the fruits of the spirit, mm-hmm. she definitely possesses them. Mm-hmm. Like in terms of being like a, a woman in God, that's where I kind of want to be. Yeah, where you can like, see God within Women. your spirit yeah. and things like that. Amazing, yeah. amazing. Okay. So, how about Temptations? Oh. <laughs> Have you guys actually seen the movie Temptations by Tyra Perry? Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, you need to watch Emmanuel. It is amazing. Um, um, so, it's hard. We're in a world where we can be tempted. Yeah. Every second, every minute. Yeah, and mm. the devil is constantly, <laughs> constantly, constantly, constantly looking to put you in a position where you can be tempted. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I think it's hard considering how... This society is so saturated with sex. It's obsessed mm-hmm. with sex. It's everywhere you look, everywhere you, you turn. Advertisements, is all of it. Music, film, all of it. I feel like as Christians, it may be hard, but we do have to have a level of discipline. Mm-hmm. Not just phys- like physically, but mentally as well. Mm-hmm. It can be as simple as... Because um, I, th- I feel like thinking about sex is... Obviously, it says biblically, thinking about sex is just as bad as actually doing it. But we need to get into the habit of not finding comfort and fantasizing and mm-hmm. think about it and having discipline over our mind. Yeah, you're being lustful. So for those who don't, how would you define lust? Hmm. I actually thought that, to be honest. I would define it as desire. Mm. It's like a really strong sexual desire. desire. It doesn't have to be sexual. You can lust oh. over other things that aren't sexual. Oh, yeah. For me, I feel good. as if lust is a physical desire, not really rooted in anything like mm-hmm. spiritually fulfilling or goods i would say it's not because when i get when i think about lust i think of just plain physical nothing actually emotional or anything like that just a guy might look at a girl and feel lustful for her but there's nothing actually there or for example mm-hmm. or just infatuation in a sense like where mm-hmm. you'll be in a relationship you're infatuated with her, you'll desire her physically but that's about it there is nothing further than that mm-hmm. besides just the physicals and that's it but, yeah. yeah and or like what would your advice be for those who are struggling with lust or like kind of ways to control your lustful desires? Mm. I'd say, oh, actually, Emmanuel, do you want to take this one? I'll touch okay, Male perspective <laughs> and a female perspective. Okay, I'd say for my guys, they're just having a level of discernment and realizing who you, like what you are. You're a male, like going through this life, like we're in like a spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. We may not realize it yet, but there's a lot of things that are tugging on our spirit and we just don't realize it yet. Mm-hmm. these advertisements youtube music and all these such things are making it hard for us guys to sit back and realize that bro there's these lyrics that were constantly plugging into our minds that just mm-hmm. dictating how we perceive things like mm-hmm. how we view things and such mm-hmm. and just recognizing that these things happen right and you just need to step back and realize why it's happening what's going on and how you're supposed to respond to it maybe it could be just stepping back and reading the word you might just find a word that might help you in that moment or just just consulting your friends. Like even your boys can really help you with it. Maybe mm-hmm. obviously it depends on who you surround yourself with. Accountability. Yeah. Accountability mm-hmm. and such really just check, G checking you, like, like <laughs> really yeah. telling you, boy, you better sit down and calm yourself right there. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> <laughs> you, better, you better calm them pants down. Boy. Why is it wise? Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah. yeah. Mm. I feel like you need to introduce a level of discipline mm-hmm. and self-control. And I feel like 
thinking about certain things you should be thinking about it's 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 all habitual yeah. i feel like once you start thinking about it and you see it as like a release where you're constantly satisfying your flesh and you find comfort in it it's hard to believe that you can break out of that cycle break out of that cycle but i believe you can it can be as simple as like dissociation once you start to think of it you don't allow yourself to delve into that thought you go straight to the word or you go straight into prayer there's mm. so much power in prayer and you bring everything to christ i feel mm. like a lot of christians have a lot of shame yeah mm when feeling those certain things and they feel like they can't come to God about it, but you can come to the father about anything. Mm -hmm. It's the devil that convinces you that there, that you have so much shame and you feel less of yourself. So you can't come to Christ because shame does not come from Christ. Yeah. Mm. No condemnation. Yeah. And on that topic, mm. like that was as only as powerful as we make him out to be he, uh, compared to God and Christ. He's nothing. Mm. And I realize exactly. And I realize over time that he feeds on us when we really tru truly get into our faith he realizes that okay this guy's actually starting to really grow in christ he's becoming on fire with it let me throw these things let me throw that thing let me like let me do all this and he ramps it up mm -hmm. truly ramps it up and just being able to realize that just just understanding that and like exercising as you mentioned discipline mm. really some level <laughs> of accountability and then coming to the christ for prayers for prayer and such is yeah mm -hmm. how about practical things so like you know, some people like to go to the gym to keep fit, just to get their mind off things. Yeah. What other practical things do you think are helpful? I mean, the, the Bible does say to flee, not walk away, not mm. flee from temptations, actively run from it. So I feel like if you believe you can be in a certain situation where you can't control yourself, just remove yourself from that situation. Mm. It could be as simple as, you know, when a certain person messages you that they want to come over or you know if you're alone with this certain person something might happen mm -hmm. you just you don't put yourself in the position where you can be alone with that person or you mm -hmm. limit communication with them or some people go to the extent of they don't actually listen to any kind of secular music or anything mm -hmm. that may be suggestive because they're just simply not strong enough to deal with it yeah they just separate themselves from social media you have to know what works for you mm -hmm. and you have to talk to the father about it mm -hmm. so putting boundaries in place 100 percent. yeah mm -hmm. yeah I mean, it does say in the Bible to be careful what you watch mm. and be careful what you listen to because all of that goes into your heart. You're constantly like feeding your heart with it. As Christians, we need to filter what we open ourselves to. Mm. Mm. Yes, yeah, so remind me what was, the question, what was the question again so I can really... What are the practical things that you can do to control mm -hmm. like your lustful desires? Yeah. Mm. That's an interesting one because I feel as if keeping what's true at the forefront of your mind is what really helps or just finding some level like some outlet because obviously the bible says to flee from these things but in many situations you're going to cut yourself out god and be immersed in these situations and you never like you just don't know react right to it but mm. for me be, for me this can be a level of training where you do put yourself in these situations not intent like not extreme but you do kind of i don't know maybe let's just say you do kind of exercise some kind of training in which you Imagine yourself, oh, that's kind of a tricky one to be honest. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Let's say, hmm. all right, let me just go back to it later. But mm -hmm. just finding some outlet, maybe, as you mentioned before, the gym. The gym is, uh, for many guys, a lot, like a really good way to like kind of exert that, you know, sexual like repression mm -hmm. inside of you, right? And just yeah. focus it more on something more productive. Of course, mm -hmm. it's not going to be a uh, lasting, you know, what's mm -hmm. it called? A lasting way of doing it but mm -hmm. at the same time it's still going to help you like put that at the forefront of your mind where whereas you know others yeah mm -hmm. like that, that's yeah. so good as well mm -hmm. and it's also good just to kind of like even 
go for a walk. <laughs> Get yourself, <laughs> have a cold a shower. environment. Like, if you got your girl, go for a walk. Instead of Netflix and chill. Yeah. <laughs> that's just my opinion. Um, so that's so good, guys. So we're going to have another song called For Me by Limo Blaze. And then we'll back, join us back after that as we continue our conversation. Sweet. Oh, na, na. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, na. If my God is for me. Tell me who'd be against me Tell me who's standing near me Tell me who wants to tell me If my God is for me Tell me who'd be against me Tell me who's standing near me Tell me who'd want to tell me yeah, yeah. This is the story of my life, oh Many men try to bring me down, oh But if my God says this and his word says this Then it's already done, oh They can come, I don't care, though My God has got me in a lock, oh and he's showing, he's showing, he's showing, he's showing, he's showing me die. It's a war, I But when I trust your ways and I trust your will, then I'm already right though Without you in my life, oh, I get it all wrong like a typo But you there for me, you care for me, you always got me I know they're coming for me, no we performed against me, yeah To prosper, they will shut down for my sake, oh, yo It's Station. Hello and welcome back to Uncut with Kirsty and as we continue our conversation. Um, so we've got Emmanuel and Gloria with us who are just so great. <laughs> um, so I think now we're going to talk about modesty. Mm-hmm. So us women, mm-hmm. Gloria you can read it. 
relate with this. I know, right? Like, us women right here just struggling. (laughs) 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 Really sad. It's a struggle. You know, we like to dress nice, skirts, Mm -hmm. tank tops in the summer. Mm -hmm. But sometimes when we dress like this, it kind of gets the wrong attention. Mm. And then guys maybe put us down for the way that we dress. Um, So, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? I'll get a glorious perspective. Mm. From a woman, and then we'll get Emmanuel's perspective. Or do you want to go Emmanuel first? Um, uh, I think it's quite a controversial topic. So, um, okay, I think I'll ask Emmanuel first. Do you think mm-hmm. it's a woman's responsibility in terms of how she dresses and things like that to help out with the guy's lustful desires? Like, do you think we should dress a certain way? Okay, I think it's not. A responsibility i just think it should be taken in, into consideration like mm, okay. remember at, at the end of the day we should take personal accountability of, of how we react to these external things mm. looking look within ourselves and really question and really like kind of step back and realize what's happening and such and for us to place control over women as well and to put them in that situation where they have to kind of reorient themselves around our issues around our weaknesses i don't mm. think that's i don't think that's on like we need to really like take responsibility as, as guys and just realize, okay, yes, I have these desires and such and such. I do view women in this way and it's annoying, but as I said, I can I can work this, I can work through this. Mm. This is all me. I have control of myself. I need to remember that. Mm. And just, yeah. So no, I don't think we need to stretch out control on the women of now and the girls as well. They don't need to be forced to, I don't know where, I don't know, trash bags or burgers or anything <laughs> like that. Trash bags. <laughs> <laughs> um, I completely agree. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a difficult one though because i believe mm. that it's all to do with intention you, you really need to check your heart yeah. um if your intention of going to church is because you want men to look at you a certain way obviously that is wrong it doesn't matter how because modesty is subjected subjected to different people yeah i think if your intentions have men look at you then no matter if one person views it as modest another person doesn't use it as modest that's wrong in general mm. um however i think in terms of being Christian and things like that, we need to look out for each other. Mm. Like, just dress how you want to dress. Wear what you want to wear to church because you're going there to serve your God. However, I feel like if you are in a situation where you want to help someone spiritually or you know someone around you might struggle with this, I think you might want to take extra precautions. To um, <laughs> I would take extra precautions to um, in order to help them out. Obviously, it's not our responsibility, of course. but I feel like if you know how I'm dressing might make someone else fall or slip up, I don't want to do that. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And talking about church, do you feel like we need to talk more about sex in church? Because it's sometimes a topic that can be a bit touchy or seen as a negative thing when actually God designed sex. You know, mm. it's a beautiful yeah. thing that God created for marriage. Um, so, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? I think... Oh, Emmanuel, do you want to take this one first? I'll touch on it briefly, okay. and then you mm. can go for it, because you're, you're, you're the eloquent one here. You're the one who's going to get in this, but I don't think we need to talk more about it. I think we just need to talk about it, truly. Mm. I don't think we need to really just talk about it to the youth and, like, really actually open up, open up about it and just not make it seem as though it's just something bad and, like, something that should be avoided and... Something that should only be, in, of course, it should be in a realm of marriage, putting that perim- per, like parameter and like not kind of unleashed and just al- allowing everyone just to, you know, continuously get into this 
over sexualized you know such and such but yeah just to talk about it especially to the young men and the young women who are growing up who are exposed to all these things as you mentioned earlier during this podcast you know how things are just being like interspersed and interwoven in like our music and movies and especially these scenes and stuff like that like, i mean we're not going to talk about power <laughs> power here is really <laughs> that series is not for the week it's not for me. <laughs> but yeah i just i just say we need to talk about it not of we don't need to talk about it so frequently to the point we're just making it seem as though it's just like an everyday but just mm. talk about it yeah. Mm. yeah um i completely agree i yeah. believe um I, be, I believe the church has become so focused on deterring teens away from it they kind of portrayed sex as like an altogether negative thing but it's a beautiful thing that god created between a man and a woman under the constraints of marriage however I believe that the more we speak about it positively, not in in an encouraging way for them to go out and do it, but more like this is a beautiful thing. You just have to wait till you're married, and how to deal with intimacy and spiritual intimacy within your with your wife when you're doing that after marriage, and how to deal with lustful desires before marriage. I think that needs to be more of a topic within the church. Mm-hmm. How about for those who have had sex before marriage? Like I have lots of friends that have in those situations mm-hmm. um, even as christians because mm. you know temptation is there yeah. um and it's not easy it's only god's grace so mm-hmm. what would be your advice for them because i know again the church can preach on the guilt and yeah but yeah, yeah. Mm. i mean i think we need to remember as christians that we are no longer under the law like mm. it says in romans we the law is like it's still relevant but it's passed away we now live in grace where mm-hmm. all the shit the the sin the shame the all of that thing jesus already died for that so we're mm-hmm. not meant to feel that that doesn't come from christ yeah so if they have done it god knew you're you're gonna do it god had that thought in his mind when he was mm-hmm. dying for you and he still said he's gonna die for you so mm-hmm. he loves you in spite of all of that but what the devil tries to do is that he tries to introduce um shame you can have conviction but you shouldn't mm-hmm. feel shameful you should mm-hmm feel sorry for it and tell god okay this is what i've done forgive me but you shouldn't feel so ashamed for the fact that you can't talk to god about it mm-hmm. um yeah i feel like once we get into the whole once we get focused as christian on the actions okay i've done this but i haven't done that and is god still gonna care for me and blah blah it, it just pushes you further out of god like you just you need to understand that there's no levels to it. Like there's no, like all because you've had sex with someone doesn't make you any more different or better or worse to someone who's just thought about it, not actually physically done it. God all sees the sin as the same. Mm-hmm. There's no differentiation between the two of them. Such a bloody good point. And literally God's love is everlasting. And I don't think we should really be like outcasting people and making them feel like they've just kind of dropped and they can't get up. They can't, you know, move further than that and i think it's because of that people use that as an excuse to just go further into sin mm. to delve further into it because it's like okay now that i've done it, i might as well just you know do whatever or drop yep. this faith and just live how, how i want and i remember talking to a lot of people who came from like really strict catholic you know backgrounds right and once they managed to distance themselves from it because of how restricted it was they just kind of delved into like a more secularized lifestyle mm-hmm. and such and led that lifestyle and just never looked back and when I questioned and asked, like, why it's just, bro, it was just like, it was just really constricting. I didn't, I couldn't feel like I can breathe. Any little thing that I'd done, or may, I may have slipped at some point, they'll just kind of ham on me. They wouldn't, stick, like, it's just, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's what I'd say. That's so good. Okay. 
So some questions for you guys. Do you think it's okay as a Christian couple okay. um, to move in together before marriage? Or do you think the temptation is high? Or do you oh. think it's okay if they have the boundaries to place? Like, I won't come down in my hot pajamas <laughs> and, you know, everything will be fine. I think it, it's possible. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're, we're going to be deferring on this, right? Mm. But, Gloria, you go free. I'm going to let uh, you take the stage. For me personally, I would not want to live with my fiancé with side of marrying up. I think aside from the temptation, I think part of the beauty of marriage is living together and combining your lives and learning each other through that mm. in that stage. I think when you're already living like a married couple before that, it's kind of, oh, I don't know. No. I, I mean, it can be, some people are in different positions where living together is kind of necessary and it is possible to not fall into temptation it is hard but it is possible but honestly i wouldn't advise it mm-hmm. if anyone came to me and asked me mm-hmm. i wouldn't advise it mm-hmm. you wouldn't advise it yeah from my perspective i think it's going to be a major challenge for the couple and like a real real hurdle when it comes to like that kind of growth is like becoming as one and it's just going to depend on like the conduct of one right how because i remember this is one quote that i've read before it was like it's the conduct of one that determines the fate of all and such. And you don't want to be walking around with your boxes, lad. Like, let's, let's be real. <laughs> she doesn't want to be walking around with a one piece or anything like that. You kind of want to take into consideration, like, how your actions will affect the other person. Mm-hmm. And to put yourselves into that position, right, to kind of, you know, be in that struggle, to be in that hardship, right, and come out of it knowing that you didn't fall. You didn't, you know, uh, feed into your desires, right, and you're able to kind of just live as one without you know doing anything prior to marriage for mm-hmm. me that's that's yeah okay that's really something that's so good so what would be your ideal date we'll bring it back to christ in a minute <laughs> <laughs> on sunday <laughs> ideal day what do you mean by that just like your dream place to go on a date or the conversations okay so do you want me to go first yeah okay all right go for it okay so my ideal day dream date would be to buy a nice restaurant <laughs> to buy a restaurant like a restaurant to buy a restaurant to buy and in terms of the conversation, a guy that has a vision in terms of his career, um, talking about like marriage and kids and Christ being the foundation and the center of our relationship. Yeah. Um, I've got very high expectations and I'm going to keep them high. <laughs> Damn right, keep them high. <laughs> but yeah, that's fine. Um, for me, uh, <laughs> Next question. I guess, all right, we'll be honest, right? So there's a bit of an elephant in the room here. So okay, let's not. All right, sorry, Gloria, to put our business out there, but okay. <laughs> yeah, me and Gloria went out on a date, <laughs> and yeah, it was it was interesting. And I think one thing that I had to really realize when it came to dates is just the understanding that it's about getting to know each other mm-hmm. and you want to be able to be in an environment where conversations facilitated, right. Mm. And you can really understand each other and just like kind of move away, take your love goggles off and just mm-hmm. be able to speak to each other in a more 
kind of spiritual as well as kind of you know a kind of godly manner and mm-hmm. not to just focus so much on just you know obviously love is good it's sort of, it's sort of like one part of like there's a requirement but it's not so much that you know you can just abandon all reasons just jump into it where your heart and your sleeves and such so Amazing. for me ideal day it's just that to be in a be in a scenario where you know that is facilitated and yeah and it's probably one of the reasons why all right so <laughs> for the first day it was a bit of a sticky one <laughs> i can't lie so prior to our day spoke to one of my boys you know just for some last minute counsel you know just just uh talk with the brotherhoods mm. mentioned mm-hmm. um gloria talks about such and such and i mentioned that me and i were gonna go party painting <laughs> And I remember after I said it was like a one minute silence. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, what's he going to say? What's he going to say? And after that silence, he goes, bro, you've fallen. (laughs) Bro, you've fallen. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But (laughs) after just telling him about it and just, you know, actually explaining him what I was going for, what I was trying to achieve, right? He just said, okay, fair enough. Like, it just takes just understanding and you realize, okay, this is what you want to do, do it. But remember what, what the purpose of like the day is. I was like, for sure, like, course we kind of had like an imaginary dap up right we yeah. had an imaginary fist bump on the phone but yeah awesome that's mm-hmm. so cool um so we've got we've got literally a few, Sorry, two, more minutes, <laughs> two more minutes left and we have a question in from jessica randall who was actually on our show several weeks ago mm-hmm. and her question is we can round up the answer in like a minute but her question is do you think it's right to talk about sex on a date should we answer it now or is it going to be you got 30 okay, seconds um, to 40 seconds. <laughs> can I answer this one yeah um i think it depends on the time i think sex definitely has to be discussed before marriage if you're in a very serious like christian relationship mm-hmm. um however i think on the first date i'll be talking about on the first date there's a lot to talk about on the first day sex is probably one of the more more um i think in terms of setting boundaries um then that needs to that could be discussed however oh i I feel as if that when you openly talk about it it can lead to thoughts and desires that you have no business thinking of too early on yeah so i think it just depends on i think something needs to be discussed within like a serious Christian relationship this is the person I actually want to marry because mm. I don't think it makes any sense to talk, talk about sex unless you actually want to marry that person you see yourself long term with that person speaking from a Christian perspective exactly okay Emmanuel damn right <laughs> alright I want to go for it. I mean prior to that engagement you really need to ask yourself whether this is a person you want to have a relationship with a long term one whether this is a person you want to marry to have kids with and such and you need to kind of take into consideration how that question can come about as you mentioned before it could be it can go either way it can go it can facilitate the kind of fall or it can, you know, facilitate some kind of constructive, like, you know, way of navigating a relationship in a way that we don't, you know, kind of feed into our lustful desires and mm. like, you know, kind of center it around it. But just to know the outlook of your partner's like thoughts on, you know, sex is important, but like is really important. That way you're kind of on equal grounds or like you kind of get their understanding of, you know, where where we should allow and where we shouldn't. Well, how like should we save it for it? Should we save it for marriage, or should we not? And yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know we're slightly over time, but this is mm-hmm. last bit. So, would you count it as a red flag if it came up like in the early days? Um, I would. Mm-hmm. It, um, I would because um, what well, depends how it came about. If it, 
I think as a woman, mm-hmm. obviously it's not obviously obviously, but you can kind of tell when that's all the guy kind of wants from you. Yeah. If he's talking about something very physical and he's not talking about anything, he's not introducing opportunities where you guys can talk one-on-one or get to know each other emotionally mm-hmm. or get to know something in your mind. And he's just referring to your body. He's just saying how he likes you physically. He's just, oh, this the countdown. Okay. Um, I think it could be a red flag. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, guys. God no, bless no you guys. Thank you so much, Emmanuel and Gloria, for coming on the show. It was incredible. And if you guys want to catch up on it, if you missed this live broadcast and um, you can go on our facebook live and um, our instagram uncut with kirsty and also our spotify uncut with kirsty so god bless you guys we've got a last song called love three by kirk franklin so we'll kirk. join kirk, <laughs> kirk. taking it to church with kirk and um, so yeah we'll join you back at eight o'clock next monday have a good night bye cheers bye boys bye lads oh. Brothers and sisters, I want to welcome you back to life, back to the one that can make your next chapter your best chapter, hallelujah. How can it be that you love the